It is a common thing today to argue about. Hopefully you don't do too much arguing at the dinner table tomorrow night with any crazy uncles. But if you do, something they might bring up is whether or not America is a Christian nation. Was it ever a Christian nation? What did the founding fathers mean when they said things like God and creator? Is it still a Christian nation if it was? The majority of people, around 60% or so, still say they are Christian. But what does that mean? Does that mean that the majority wins and we can call ourselves a Christian nation? Or do our values no longer line up with the Bible as a nation? And does that exclude us from such a term? Could we ever be a Christian nation again if we are not? And what would that look like if that were the case? Would that be a theocracy or some other kind of government? What does this all mean? Those are questions that I would love to talk to you about sometime in more detail. Not at the Thanksgiving dinner table. I've been banned from such political conversations this year by my wise bride not to talk too much about certain kinds of politics, but that is a good thing, a good counsel. I do think, however, that when you look at the history of Thanksgiving, the history of the National Day of Thanksgiving, which we're going to celebrate Tomorrow, the history of this holiday, which we are gathered here in a church, a Christian church today to celebrate, there is one thing that is hard to deny about Thanksgiving as a national holiday. And that is that, originally at least, this national holiday was meant to be a Christian holiday. A day, a national day of thanksgiving to specifically the Christian God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as a Christian, I can say very confidently, according to our text from 1 Timothy 2, 1-4 this evening, that that is a very good thing. That it is good and pleasing in the sight of God to have a national day of thanksgiving. When Paul instructs Timothy to give prayers and thanksgivings for the kings and the governors and those in high positions, and that this is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all to be saved, even in America, all to be saved, one of many of the all nations that he sends his gospel to, and to come to the knowledge of the truth, to have a day of thanksgiving, to have a day of prayer, cannot be anything else but good and pleasing in the sight of God. But to talk about a national day of thanksgiving, we do have to define our terms. What does it mean for it to be national? What does it mean for it to be a day? And what does it mean to give Thanks. So we'll break it down like that. It sounds kind of simple on the surface, but I think there's a little more to it. What does it mean to have a national day of thanksgiving? 
Well, first of all, we can say it's national again if we look at the history of the day. The day was declared a national holiday by the federal government. Actually, it's a pretty interesting history if you look at how the tradition was carried on from the pilgrims, of course, just kind of passed down throughout history. But then, finally, in the late 30s, after many attempts for really over 100 years, FDR declared it a national day of thanksgiving. And whatever you think about FDR, whatever you think about the federal government today or then or at any other time in history, we can say a few things about them and about their act in declaring a national holiday, a day of thanksgiving to God, declaring a national Christian holiday. One is that there is not such a strict separation as we might think when we think about the Bible and the federal government. Let's look at verse 2 from 1 Timothy 2. That intercessions, prayers, and thanksgivings be made for all people, but especially for, note who he singles out here, for kings and those who are in high positions, that we might lead a peaceable and quiet life. Paul cares about the highest authority in the land being prayed for by the Christian. And that's just in this text. If we go a little bit broader out into the scope of Scripture, we also see, maybe primarily in Romans 13, if you want to be more systematic in your theology about this, that God gives the federal government or gives the high-ranking government for a purpose. And it is a gift of God to have a government. Christians are not anarchists. The point is preservation of peace in the land and the punishing of wickedness. God gives the government so that we can live, as Paul said in Timothy, a peaceful and quiet and dignified life in every way. And we thank God for them for that purpose. But we can also see in Scripture that it is within the government's authority or within that God-given government's authority to do such a thing as to promote peace by promoting Christianity and by promoting Christian values and, as we'll do tomorrow, promoting a day of thanksgiving to the Christian God. You can take the example of Nineveh as this. That when Jonah goes and preaches the gospel to a place that is definitely not at the time a Christian nation, Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, Nineveh, a place very far gone from the gospel. When Jonah goes and proclaims the gospel to that place, the king declares a day, in fact, multiple days of fasting and repentance and prayer to the one true God. And that is good of him. It is laudable of him. It is right of him to bring his nation the gospel, to bring his nation a day of thanksgiving and a day of repentance. It is good to have this Christian day, this national Christian day of thanksgiving. 
That's also why I chose Before You, Lord, We Bow as the sermon hymn for tonight. When Francis Scott Key wrote that hymn, he also wrote The Star-Spangled Banner. He was looking out over this nation, as he did when he also wrote The Star-Spangled Banner. And he thought about how God has given this nation everything that it has, and how this nation should take at least a day to serve him. The nation you have blessed may well your love declare, from foes and fears at rest, protected by your care, for this bright day, for this fair land, gifts of your hand, our thanks we pay. May every mountain height, each vale and forest green, shine in your words pure light and its rich fruits be seen. May every tongue be tuned to praise and joined to raise a grateful song. And so it is good to have a national day. It is good to have a national Christian day to the Christian God. Because there is no generic God. There is no generic God that made this land. There is no generic God that put each veil and forest green that you can see when you look out over this land. There is no generic God that created you and all of your family and friends who you will sit with tomorrow around the table. There is no generic God that created all the wheat that made all this wonderful bread that we're going to eat tomorrow here on the table. There is no generic God who saved us. There is only one true God who made this land, who made this nation, and so this nation should recognize him. And it is good to see tomorrow as a national holiday because God gave us this nation and he wants us to have this nation and to steward this nation according to his will. So that's the national part. What about the day part? The day part is simply this, that the Lord counts in days. Sometimes the Lord will count in years. He'll talk about years in the Bible as well. Normally not hours or seconds, but normally days. He counted six days for him to make the earth numbering each of them and giving each of them a task in which he did. And he took one day at the end of that to be a Sabbath day of rest. And he commanded us to order our lives after that same pattern, that we would have six days of work and a seventh day of rest. And he gave us the eighth day of new creation in our baptism. And he gives us all sorts of days Throughout our life, and he says to you things like, Sufficient is today for its troubles. Don't worry about the next day, for it has enough worries for itself. Or he commands us to pray whenever we pray to him, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The Lord counts in days. And so, just like he commands a Sabbath day, when that Christian nation declares a national day of thanksgiving, it is doing what Christians always do. They take a day. 
Just like we take a day each week on Sunday to worship the Lord and to rest in his mercies and to glory in the resurrection of his son who gives us new life, tomorrow we have a day, a day of thanksgiving to God, and that is a good thing to have a whole day for that. I think one of the saddest things about this holiday in our nation today not literally this day, but today in general, is that it has no longer become a day. Instead, it has become a day with lots of things in it that aren't just Thanksgiving. A day, yes, with a meal and Thanksgiving and family and friends, but also a day with football and with Amazon shopping for the early Black Friday deals and a day with lots of worry about what time the turkey is going to get into the oven, and a day with all sorts of other worries, which are not the main concern of what the day was meant to be, one day fully of thanksgiving. And so I have a piece of advice for you. You can take it or leave it. It's not in the Bible. But my advice to you would be this for tomorrow. Set four timers for yourself. Set four timers for yourself. One, your alarm clock in the morning when you wake up. Another one at noon. Another one before you eat dinner. And another one before you go to bed. And at each one of those timers, before you do anything else, before you worry about what time the turkey is going to go in the oven, or before you worry about seeing what early Black Friday deals are popping up on the screens, or before you worry about making sure that everyone has the right place to sit and that everyone is comfortable, say a prayer when that alarm goes off and give thanks to God for all the goodness that he has given you because it is a day of thanksgiving. It's not a day of shopping. It's not a day of football. It's not even a day of family. All those things are fine, but it is primarily a day of thanksgiving. And so set your timers if you need to, but make it a day, a whole day, not a half day, not a fourth day, not a third day, but a whole day of thanksgiving to God. And that brings us to the last part, to thanksgiving. What is a day of thanksgiving? What is thanksgiving itself? Well, first of all, like we've said, thanksgiving must be to the one true God, to God our Savior. That's what Paul says in verse 3. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. He doesn't just say God, because remember again, there is no generic just God out there who we just give thanks to, kind of at random. There is God who has saved us. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God. God, the one who sent his Son, Jesus Christ, in the flesh to bear our sin and to be our Savior, to hang upon the cross for all of our sins, and to give us from that cross every single good gift that comes down from above. And thanksgiving is simply recognizing that in prayer. First of all, thanksgiving happens in prayer. 
I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Thanksgiving is always tied up in prayer for the Christian because there is only one who we can thank, and that is God, our Savior, and we come to him in prayer. The other part of Thanksgiving that you should know is that it has to do with God's grace. It has to do with God's grace. The word is actually the same in Greek or related. Thanksgiving, Eucharisto. Grace, charis. Charisto, charis. Eucharisto, charis. It's the same word. You can translate literally to give thanks as to give good graces. To give good graces. But the point of thanksgiving is this, is that we are recognizing God's grace toward us. We are recognizing his favor toward us. We are recognizing that he is the one who has given us every single good thing, everything that we have. We can give thanks to his grace. Because if he didn't have favor toward us, if he didn't love us, if he didn't choose to have grace and mercy toward us, what would we have? We would have nothing. We would already be in hell because that's what we deserve as poor sinners. But instead, he has chosen us to give us, first of all, forgiveness, first of all, life, but beyond that, every good thing. The clothes on your back the brown chairs you're sitting in, the building that we are covered by, which, by the way, we give thanks for every Thanksgiving, the very first service in this building, which I love this fact so much, was a service of Thanksgiving Eve. That was the very first service we ever had in this building, and afterward, because we were so thankful for every single little thing God had ever given us, our clothes, our chairs, our building, our shoes, our family, our bread, everything, we then stapled up, I say we, I wasn't here, but we then stapled up Bible verses in the on the frames inside the walls of this building because we were so thankful to God for giving it to us. Thanksgiving is recognizing his graces. And so tomorrow let us recognize his grace toward us. And let us give thanks for his graces toward us and his blessings toward us and his gifts toward us. And let it be a whole day of that. And let it be finally a whole day of that across the nation. For this is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. And it is also a good witness. I am not naive. I recognize that not everyone across the nation will give thanks to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit tomorrow. But you can. And I can. And as we do so, that is at least a good witness of the truth. For it is good and pleasing to God our Savior, verse 4. It is good and pleasing to God our Savior to have a national day of thanksgiving. And it is also good to be a witness to the truth, for He is the same God our Savior who desires all people to come to a knowledge of the truth and to be saved. It is good and pleasing to God our Savior. Let us celebrate. 
a national day of thanksgiving. To him be all the honor and glory. Amen.